Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. On this episode, Tom chats with Jay Burns of Crown Information Management based in Winter Haven, Florida. Jay shares how his personal growth and development, as well as the evolution of the business, has been deeply impacted by an external coach. If you've considered hiring a coach, Jay shares his experience and some recommendations for you in this episode. Jay Burns, welcome to the Shred Coach Podcast. How are you today? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. It's so good to have you on the show. So let's set the context. Tell me a little bit about your company, where you are, what's your service area. Let's let's start there. Yeah, we're uh, we're in Central Florida, in the heart of Florida, a city called Winter Maiden, Florida, and we're actually right in the middle between Tampa and Orlando, and been in business nineteen years. Wow. We uh, have a couple of other locations. We have a Daytona Beach location. And then three years ago, we acquired a small trading company in Fort Myers. And now we have a, a truck down in Fort Myers. Got it. Nice. And are you fully truck? Are you a full truck operation? Do you have a plant? What's the makeup of your shredding business? Yeah, we're uh, probably 99% mobile shredding. I've started that way, and now that we've been doing it for so long, it's kind of hard to get away from that, just the way we're set up. And so we're strictly uh, mobile, and we also can obviously do the hard drives, since we have the hard drive machines in our trucks now. And then in the Winter Haven office, our main location, we also do record storage. So oh, okay. We've been in record storage for about 10 years now. Okay. So that part of the business is obviously a, a unique and interesting side of it in this industry. How much focus of your attention goes to record storage versus shredding? Is it like an 80-20 split? How do you kind of see it in your mind? Sure. Probably as much as our revenue is probably 90-10 probably. So, okay. you know, we found this amazing building. It used to be a, a boat storage facility and high ceilings and we just Thought it was the perfect package for us to to go after after that building, acquire it, and from there we just, we started the record store from scratch. And wow. as most people know, it's it's a long, slow sales process. Yeah, and I'm still glad we did it, but you know, capital intensive for sure, long, long sales cycle. But overall, it's done well. A lot of the the racking that we've purchased over the years is about to be paid off, so we're going to be able to see more cash flow from that side of the business, but we still have another, if we have half the warehouse full now, we still have another half to fill. So right, right. it's always a reminder when you walk in every morning and see half the warehouse empty, but at the same time, it just takes one big one or a couple decent sized ones that would, would fill the warehouse and I'm singing a different tune. So yeah. yeah. Well, one other question about your overall business, what's the, you know, how many staff, like full-time equivalent staff are you do you have with Crown? What's your current number, roughly? Yeah, I think we have about 35 employees, probably about 15 of those are our service techs or drivers. And the other one, our other ones are a mix between administration and sales. Got it. So you've been in the game a long time, twenty roughly 20 years, you said. So you've had a lot of, uh, lot of life and experience in this now. As you know, the the focus of our podcast is things you've done that create, you know, a really solid result for you. So what's happening in your world or what's happened in the, the last number of years that feels like it's given you a lot of leverage or direction or focus or tell me, tell me what, what's going on for you. 
Yeah, I guess when, you know, when I first started, I, I met, I first met my first major partner, so to speak, in the industry was Shred First. And those guys were, you know, John Baltonite and Nick yep. Weldrick and Ray Barry. And I was actually the the second person to ever go through their Shred School. Mm. And this really learned a lot about those guys and, and how they ran their business, how their culture worked, how to treat employees, how to, you know, at least look to scale your business. So when I first got in the industry, to be able to, see that type of business and, and see how they operated and, and know that, Hey, that's this level of, of business is, is possible. That to me was a huge find for me to be able to find that company, find those individuals who are willing to share their techniques and, and strategies, as opposed to, you know, maybe if I would have ran to somebody who only had two trucks and been in business 20 years, you know, those guys, I think would, they probably said they had a hundred trucks, but they did have, they didn't have a lot of trucks, but, uh. Yeah. They ended up selling out the CentOS, I think, in 07. But this is a bunch of great guys and learned a lot from them. And they had a, you know, the teacher's heart, so to speak, where they weren't worried about competition. They were just trying to help others and uh, learned a lot from them. Yeah. So if you were their second person, I mean, they, they were around a long time. They originally founded Ray and team founded Shred School. So like when, when that first happened, what was sort of some of the major impact of that in your early business? What levers did that pull for you? More than just knowing what a big company looked and acted like, what were some of the major effects that came out of that for you? Really just, yeah, you know, I was 26 years old when I started the business. So uh, I, you know, I graduated, I was 23 years old. My first job was with Black & Decker and an entry-level job. And, you know, I was out there marketing and talking to end users of Power tools and maybe the the retail side as well, but didn't really know how to go about and start a business. And the shred school back then was one to one, so I was sitting there across the table from Nick Wildrick and, and Ray Barry, and so it was almost at the time as kind of VIP treatment, so to speak. But the simplest thing, which I think you know helped me out and helped me grow faster than the typical company, was just the CRM. To be honest with you, it's pretty simple, but act. Back then was my go-to. Yeah. And obviously everybody has Salesforce now and it's basically app on steroids. But looking back at it, just to be able to understand the sales process and how to follow up with people and how to maintain that information and be reminded to say, to set alarms, to call somebody in a, in a month or send a letter in two weeks and you know, in 0304, obviously the internet was around, but I don't remember us having pay-per-click or, or any of that kind of stuff. So it was, yeah. it was all outbound. And right. in college, I sold books door to door just to kind of learn the sales cycle. So the sales part wasn't necessarily a big deal as far as being rejected. But with this industry, we all know that there's a lot of smile customers. So you need a lot mm -hmm. of volume and just to be able to manage how you keep up with prospects, how you remind them of our services. And so as simple as it sounds, the ACT software, the CRM at an early age to me was a huge asset to implement. Yeah. Yeah. And so that for you, because I'm, I'm assuming based on what you just said, you were the lead sales person in the company at that point. So that information coming out of Shred School pushed you to get ACT. 
you then go back and implement CRM and it just starts to drive sales for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember, um, you know, I would basically move back into my parents' house at 26 and turn my bedroom into my office and I would just, you know, smile and dial and send letters from there. If I got a job, I'd jump on the truck and run the truck. And then if I wasn't, I was either on the phone sending out letters, going to networking events, sending out my cards and you know, there was one story where I was actually on the phone with somebody and my mom's actually coming down the hallway, asked if I let it launch. I said, I told a lady who I was on the phone, I said, excuse me, that's my secretary. I got to take this. <laughs> it was actually my mom asking for make me launch. So that was a funny story. But yeah, I mean, I did everything. And to now it's kind of exciting now. I look back, I mean, you hear about people working somewhere for 20 years or yeah. being somewhere for 19 years. I'm like, it just went so fast as long as. It's going well, it goes fast, but when you look back, there's a lot of trials and oh, stressful times, but at the same time, you look back, you're like, well, it all worked out, but obviously at the times of those trials, you don't, you don't feel that way. Yeah. Well, it's, it's such a good story, Jay, because, you know, being in your, in your parents' house at 26, dialing for dollars, making things happen, your mom bringing your lunch is really such an important part of understanding how this business operates. And to be in it 19 years later, you've had so much flywheel effect now. Uh, undoubtedly, you've probably still got clients who you got early on that are still with you, I'm guessing. Oh, for have, sure. For yeah. Sure. And that's the massive advantage I see in people who have done what you've done. Just it keeps flying and then it's just grow, 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 grow. And it's incremental a lot. It's not big, and but it, it really makes things happen. So besides ACT, or maybe you want to sort of move forward in the timeline because that that had a obviously a big leverage effect in your business. Has there been other levers related to what either what Shred School did for you or, or other kinds of influence or whatever that really has driven the company forward? Yeah, about ten year, years ago, I joined a, a business group called Vistage, and they're they're yep. nationwide. And obviously, I uh, joined other business owners, and that was obviously an absolute Vistage. I've been there probably eleven years, and see other business owners and how they react to situations and issues and you just learn a bit a lot about their when they have issues, you learn from their trials. Yeah. But what really took it to the next level is one of the members had a, a coach or a consultant and we we ended up hiring her and she's been with us now for six years. And it just really helped help take myself and my team to the next level, understanding where we should be, what our thought process should be if you really want to, you know, go to the next level, whether it's revenue growth or scalability or working a culture, this person, uh, our coach, she's has a lot of experience was with Procter and Gamble. So she's seen the corporate structure. She's seen how to coach people. And so we've really learned a lot from her. Not only does she coach me, but she coaches my managers too. So, right. If I'm maybe getting difficult, she's, she's able to coach them on how to handle Jay. So right, right. all around it's been, it's really helped us before as naive and as elementary as it might sound. I used to think meetings were just a waste of time that just to go through an agenda that we all know what's going on, but she got me into the flow of, of having managers meetings, which is yep. obviously very, very basic. And before you know it, I was like, wow, what I think is elementary, my team members are getting so much out of this. Not only exchanging that information, but just building those bonds and the, and the culture between them. So yeah. Yeah, that had to be, like I said, seven years ago, we've doubled, over doubled in size since that happened. So 
I like to think a lot of that is because of, of her work and our partnership. Yeah. And, and often in situations like that, you're still doing the work, but there's this perspective shift that begins to happen undoubtedly. Like you just said, even related to meetings, meetings change when somebody gives you the perspective to change them and help you to look differently at them. So how does she intersect with you as it relates to, say, your your management team? Does she show up in meetings? How how are you experiencing her, you know, her integration with you as a team? I mean, she's been at it for seven years, so you got deep roots with this person. Now. Sure, sure. Well, you know, first it was, you know, she sat in a meeting to kind yep. of to watch and see the different personalities and my personality and how I dealt with things. And so over the years, she's learned my, my strengths, my so-called opportunities for growth or weaknesses. And yeah, we've all taken these personality assessments. And one of the opportunities I have for growth is, is my emotional side. I'm a pretty emotional person when things happen. And one thing she's really helped me to, to get a lever on is the reaction of when something bad happens or, mm. you know, so yeah, first she'd sit in a meeting, but after that I would, run the meetings. And, and after that, we had such situations where we have our monthly get togethers or phone calls, you know, a lot of just bouncing the ideas off her yeah. is yeah. also a huge thing. Cause sometimes we're thinking, uh, am I even on the right track or playing out scenarios of like, Hey, I have this employee issue. This is what I did. I think I handled it pretty well, but what else could I have done? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that trusted voice that you have over a long period of time that allows you to have you know, really honest conversations that you can't always have with your team. So exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. Where else do you feel like she's provided significant benefit to you? It sounds like, you know, you talked about your personal emotional reactivity or reaction. What, you know, from the the business side of things versus just the purely personal, you know, professional side. What else has been some of the influence that you've seen and how has that affected the business a as a whole? Well, yeah, I think it probably had to be in the culture aspect. I came up with the idea I wanted to do focus groups. So we started out with our drivers and we all know that we can talk to her blue in the face to our drivers and ask them to tell us what we're doing wrong or what can we do better. But 99% of them aren't going to open up to you. So she actually would take them two, three, four at a time to, to launch your dinner. And obviously we had a set of questions and agenda of what we wanted to gather from them and what is Crown doing right? What is mm. Crown not doing so right? What should Crown continue to do? What should Crown change? And it was eye-opening. I mean, it was just, it was huge. And I'll be the first one I met when I got all the feedback and she sat across the table from me. My face was red because I was so angry at what I thought was frivolous silly things they wanted, but looking back at it, you know, it was the best thing I ever did. And we'll continue to do that, that focus group idea with our sales team, with our front office. And I kind of see myself or our company doing it on a regular basis, maybe every other year or every two years, you pick a different department and do that focus group. Cause you need the personalities change, the people change, you know, the leaders I have now have all started with me from the ground up and they, mm. They've grown with me. And so that has been huge that they've grown with me. But at the same time, they probably, a lot of them didn't ever anticipate them running a department or being the manager right. or us getting as large as we are. You know, they, they started out as just typical admin people doing data entry. Now they're right. dealing with drivers and dealing with situations that they probably didn't think they'd 
we're capable of doing. And so, um, yeah, you know, now we're, we're just now getting ready to probably hire outside of the company just to bring some fresh ideas and different leadership styles to our group. But yeah, it's, I mean, I think the culture and the focus groups and understanding, you know, obviously in this day and age, everybody wants to make money and everybody wants to grow, but making it a small business atmosphere, so to speak. And yep. where you remember a birthday, you remember anniversaries that yeah. all adds up. And if you do those things, I think long-term and consistently, if somebody's offered a, a bigger pay package, so to speak, they may not, they're probably not going to leave. Right. It's just that much higher. Right. Well, let me jump back into that focus group concept a bit, because I think it's a really powerful example of what you're talking about here. If you had have personally done the focus groups, what would have been missed from you know, her doing? Uh, I would, I would not think of any half the questions that she would asked. Yeah. Or the, the way she asked them or went about asking them, first of all. Yeah. I tend to be a very direct person. And so that wouldn't have gone well. I think they obviously open up to her because I'm not there. Right. We made it anonymous where, you know, I don't care who said it. We just want to know what the information is. Yeah. Yeah. And so those two things are definitely the, the biggest two items that I can think of. But even just doing the focus groups that we give a damn. Right. And we actually right. care. Yeah. And then on top of that, to make it even better, to actually come back to those guys and say, listen, this is what you said. This is what we heard. And this is what we can change. And this is what yeah. we can't change. And to me, I mean, there's not many people, I don't think, companies these days. I mean, I know that the last two years for us have been crazy. And we've, we've lacked on those things of, of the culture and little things that add up because we've just been trying to keep the train on the tracks. But right. we're trying to get back to that level. But overall, you know, these big companies, they probably don't. They were, we were rather the balance sheet more than they do their people. And I think that's a, a huge advantage for us is to really focus on those, those people and those focus groups. Yeah. So let, let me come at it at a different angle, because I think this is such an important process that you've engaged with this consultant. What have you learned about, you know, if, if somebody came to you and said, you know, I, I want to hire somebody in my backyard or I want to hire somebody who does this, what should I be looking for? How should I be thinking about this? What have you learned from that perspective? Because you've been with somebody a while now, but what are the lessons not so much in terms of what it's done for the company, but how you hired or how you have kept somebody that has that, that kind of capability. As far as personally, no, I reflect. Yeah, well, it's, things. yeah, because people often want a coach. And I mean, you know, that's what I do too, but there's a fit sometimes that has to happen. There's There's got to be something that allows you to go, this is somebody I'm willing to work with versus all of the available options out there. Because there's a lot of people pitching coaching. There's a lot of people who talk about it. The question is, you've worked with somebody for a long time. There's obviously reasons you chose this person and there was sort of criteria for you in sure. some some regard. Yeah, I mean, fashion is just obviously referral. Seeing you, yep. I hear about somebody is, is huge. Who, who are these people that are referring to them? And the, the companies I knew were successful and had three great owners, sharp owners. And, and then after I met her, you know, it, was, it wasn't some coach that was up in your face or pretended that she knew everything or had all the answers. Typically, just like a good salesperson, you, you, they listen and yeah. they really listen and they have experience and they've been where you've been before. And, you know, a lot of us taking this face, it's, in, in my opinion, it's as you get larger and expand, it's, 
more or less emotional intelligence, you know, yeah. not letting your emotions dictate your decisions and, and staying, staying in the center, so to speak. And, you know, that's one thing she's helped all of us learn that, you know, maybe something bad happens doesn't mean you need to respond to it that day or even that week, you know, and that was huge for me. I've always been one of our things around our company is to send, have a sense of urgency, you know, take care of it, take care of the customer. Yeah. If something's going on, take care of it. But that's not necessarily true when making decisions. And I've learned that I've learned that over the last you know six seven years that there might be an employee that's giving you some issues, and and as long as it's not going to be a, a safety hazard or anything extreme, let it play out. Maybe have a little touch point with them and have a, a small conversation and come back to it. So how to deal with situations and and not having to have this. It may not be all a decision or a situation you handle in one day or one hour, it may be yeah. over time. And yeah. with that, taking the emotion out. Yeah, that's good. So if somebody comes to you and says, I want to do this, what advice would you give them? Like another shredding company came to you and said, I want to do something like this. What What's the advice? Yeah, you got to be coachable as far as you got to be open-minded. You know, I think there's a lot of feedback I got that I really didn't like, you know, right. and so you have to be willing to, to be open to, to change and different ideas. I knew that, you know, being a 26 year old, I didn't have a lot of experience in management, obviously, or running the business. And even though I didn't meet her till probably 13, 14 years in my business, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And so, you know, somebody with a lot of experience and has a, a proven track record, somebody who hasn't just been consulting their whole life as, as have a, has a long record of success, whether that's with a company or their own business, just kind of walk that line already. Yeah. No, that's really good because I, I think what you said there, be coachable and that sense of honesty about it's not, it's not all easy stuff. Like you've, you got to put yourself on the line before you bring somebody into your company in a more full way. You got to be open about the fact that you're often the biggest challenge in these businesses. So those are difficult processes to work through. So yeah, that's really helpful. So any final words on hiring coaches or advisors that you've learned over the years? Just with lots of feedback. You know, I ask, ask about their current clientele and I think maybe even more importantly, their past clients or may or may not be with them anymore. Maybe yeah. somebody who's been there or worked with them five years ago, not just the present ones. And I think that says a lot about who that person could be. Yeah. That's really good. So another kind of question from another angle as we come to the end of this conversation, this has been really helpful. Thank you for your perspective on things, Jay. But there's a lot of people who know Florida, but there's a lot of people who don't. And if somebody comes to Winter Haven and you're as a born and raised, been there all your life, what's the non-negotiable thing to do in wherever you, you're, you think based on your perspective, what's the thing that non-Floridians need to know about when they come to your area, whether that be Orlando, Winter Haven, that you have an inside track, I know. Yeah, um, as far as geography, the, the cool thing about my business is we're an hour from Orlando, an hour from Tampa. So right. it's almost like I couldn't have picked a better spot to, to start a business from a logistics and business-wise. But as far as the, the culture and the areas, we actually had Florida's first theme park here. It was called Cypress Gardens. Oh, yes. That was the, the first, uh, Florida's first theme park. And that was before Disney. Disney was right. in, I think it was in the 70s. And that was in the 50s, I think, when Cypress Garden started. And back then, Johnny Pat, or Johnny Carson and all the big names would come down here to do shows and everything. And 
now it's Legoland, Florida now, but uh, we do have what's known as the Chain of Lakes City, where we have 18 plus lakes all connected by canals. And it's pretty cool. I, I could actually take my boat if I wanted to from work to the office by canal. So it's pretty neat. And have you ever done that? A couple of times. Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah. Really? So what? what's your boat? I just have a pontoon boat. Now I've got a wife and three small children and, you know, having, having a lot of truck debt, as you know, you got to have a, a cheap, simple boat. So I had a pontoon boat and uh, we we'll around on there and there's restaurants and everything you can stop by and eat. And so I have a good week. I'll take the pontoon boat at the end and on the way home, stop by the bar, I have a cold one. That's beautiful. Jay, this has been really good. I feel like you've given us some insight into your thinking and what's been really beneficial to your business. And as someone who kind of lives on the other side of the conversation we've just had, it's been really helpful to hear how you've processed that with somebody else. And I hope for anyone in our industry who's listening that there there will be a lesson for them in terms of the importance of hiring outside help to advise and guide and coach them through it. So thank you. Really appreciate you sharing this today. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate your time. Thanks again for listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. Make sure to visit theshredcoach.com for regular functional training modules directly from Tom. And subscribe to our email list so you can have first access to brand new $10,000 strategies and ideas from trusted shredding and business professionals.